Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings Grapple fans and welcome to this Wrestlemania preview edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I'm your host Andy Wales, joined back by my side, I should say he's back, uh, not Eric Bischoff, no it's more Chatra and more, uh, we haven't got our dates mixed up here, yes we know we are um, you know, more than a week in advance of WrestleMania, but we wanted to take this opportunity to uh, to break down the card piece by piece, so that we could um, fit in a bit of nostalgia, a bit of fun, and other things beside next week. Isn't that right? Indeed, it is, Andy. Uh, good to be back, and um, yeah, let, let's um, have a bit of fun next week. Um, talking nostalgia, um, you know, WrestleMania is the biggest wrestling show of the year as it is every year and it has been for decades now. And, um, you know, there's plenty to potentially reminisce about. So we'll leave that till next week. You know, it'll be a really good uh, pod. I, I'm, I'm sure of that. Um, but let, let's uh, preview the show. Um, you know, it's pretty much a finalized lineup now. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be the first ones to preview it um, in terms of uh, wrestling podcast land. So uh, really looking forward to running through the show on this show. Exactly, your first and your best part of call for all things WWE uh, is PW Index right here on the Anfield Index channel. Now, before we do start breaking uh, this the, the card down piece by piece, because there is plenty on there, let's uh, make, make no mistake about it. Um, two or three news items over the past week uh, to discuss. First, first one... I mean, we'll get the the worst out of the way, some absolutely tragic news. Uh, and that was uh, Jim Ross very, very sadly announcing uh, that he'd lost his wife. Um, yes, that's right. Um, so um, Jim Ross's wife, um, who'd been married to for many, many years, Jan Ross, uh, passed away um, yesterday um, as we record this podcast. And, 
Now that's uh, very sad news. Um, you know, he tweeted, in fact, that um, the priest was reading the last rites. Um, so um, you know, it was very sad news, and uh, obviously it's had a reaction um, amongst uh, the wrestling fraternity. Of all you know, like ourselves, um, wished uh, our deepest condolences to Jim Ross and his family for their tragic loss. And, um, you know, certainly very sad news for, um, somebody who is really, um, you know, the greatest wrestling commentator of all time. So, um, you know, that, that, that's, um, sad and, uh, you know, they leave behind, uh, you know, um, you know, daughters and, uh, grandchildren as well. So, um, you know, best of wishes to uh, Jim Ross at this very trying time for him. Yeah, it's um, it is absolutely tragic news, and I think testament to to the love and respect that um, the wrestling community, not just not just the performers, everyone behind the scenes, but uh, fans alike, you know, pouring their hearts out condolences to Jim Ross and his family, and like you say, you know, that comes from us too. So um, awful, awful news. Some other things to discuss: um, legal matters, the the Hardys, uh, TNA. This whole uh, these whole shenanigans going on behind the scenes. More have you have you got an update on that? You know, just to add some context, then um, Matt and Jeff Hardy left Impact Wrestling stroke TNA um, several weeks ago when their contracts ended, and this is something that we've talked about several times on the Pro Wrestling Index podcast. And um, they signed a short term deal with Ring of Honor to work a few shows there, including their fifteenth anniversary show a couple of weekends ago. And the reason it was a short-term deal is because um, the wide-held expectation is is that they will end up in the WWE at or just after WrestleMania. Now, just before this 15th anniversary show for Ring of Honor, um, TNA, Train Pat Wrestling, threatened lawsuits against Ring of Honor and any pay-per-view company airing the 15th anniversary show if Matt Hardy portrayed the broken Matt Hardy character um, and brother... Nero's uh, Jeff Hardy character was also um, uh, played out on on that same show. So because of all of the last minute um, dealings with this lawsuit um, being threatened, um, Ring of Honor and pay-per-view companies um, worked with the Hardys to make sure that those characters were not portrayed on this show. There's been a lot of animosity, um, certainly from the Hardy boys and uh, family side of things, they are very firmly convinced that the gimmick belongs to Matt Hardy and he alone. In fact, he went and trademarked Broken Matt Hardy um, on the 1st of March. Um, so he feels he's on very ground. I think that he'll win this case. Um, the standard TNA contract does say that any character that's um, introduced or developed on their programming, they then have the intellectual uh, ownership of. But um, Matt Hardy and uh, Jeff Hardy argue that they didn't have um, standard TNA contracts and therefore um, that kind of typical um, contractual clause doesn't therefore apply to them. So I, I, I suspect that, um, you know, they will be portraying, you know, the characters that they um, employed with great success in TNA over the last year to 18 months in the WWE uh, before long and I think it could be even as soon as um, just after Wrestlemania so um, 
it's a bit unfortunate that it's ended up like this. I'd prefer Ring of uh, sorry TNA to be focusing on um, improving their um, pretty mediocre product rather than trying to sue people that um, you know put a lot of um, time and effort and commitment into keeping the company alive um, during a very lean spell in the last several years. Um, so ho- hopefully um, you know th- there won't be uh, too much. Um, more to come from that um, it's a bit of an unsavory situation um, but i hope that cool heads prevail and uh, both parties can move on yeah it, it would be a shame for things to uh, to really go turn nasty and and get dragged out and like you say you know tna i think really should look at this um you know step back and take a look at this and think about the implications for them you know beyond just this and, and feeling sort of wronged in their own way but just how this might look to them to, to the wider audience and then perhaps to other wrestlers and performers coming in there and you know feeling like they can develop their character there and, and wondering you know if if it catches on will they have the same issues so i think yeah i do think tna have got to take a, a bit of a broader view on this and and hopefully like you say cooler heads will prevail but you mentioned ring of honor now, there's been rumours of Ring of Honor potentially being uh, purchased by WWE. Now, is there anything in this more? Uh, yes, there is, yes. Um, there's been growing talk about this for the last two or three weeks. Ring of Honor is one of the leading independent wrestling promotions in the United States and, in fact, in the world. As I just mentioned, um, they celebrated their 15th anniversary um, in the last couple of weeks. And... Um, they, they are you know, one of the great wrestling promotions of recent times, um, certainly in the post-Attitude era, stroke, Monday Night War era. Um, they've turned out, churned out many, many great wrestlers, um, the likes of Samoa Joe, CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and numerous others um, have all really made their careers um, initially in Ring of Honor. And um, that promotion has played a very, very vital role in um, providing a really good um, proving ground for young talent to really um, compete against each other on a reasonable stage um, to ready them for the big leagues and especially the WWE. And I think the WWE acknowledges um, the role that Ring of Honor has played in developing so many great wrestlers of recent years and um now that interest is now leaning towards WWE actually buying out ring of honor there's a strong interest in ring of honors you know extensive and substantial tape library and we know that with the wwe network they like um archive material um but ring of honor itself is, is still a very good promotion and um you know be able to sign up ring of honor to feature as another brand on the wwe network would certainly be quite an appealing um thing as a new direction in a way to take the wwe network i mean it's similar to ufc ufc has its own version of the wwe network called ufc fight pass and ufc features various um mma independent promotions um on the fight pass and uh, wwe is looking to do something similar They've already pretty much got um, a couple of UK promotions, ICW based out of Glasgow in Scotland and Progress Wrestling 
um, which I've talked about on numerous occasions here on Pro Wrestling Index, um, are pretty much already lined up to feature on the WWE Network um, starting the next two or three months, I believe. And, you know, if Ring of Honor is added to that um, stable of promotions, then that would make uh, the WWE Network even more appealing for those people that can't get enough of watching wrestling. Um, so I think it would be a great deal for the WWE. It would also be a very good deal for Ring of Honor, and it would allow them to continue to uh, feature some you know, great um, young talent that perhaps um, don't get enough exposure on NXT. And, uh, yeah, it, it could be a very good deal for, for the WWE, in my view. So um, I, hope it, I hope it's a deal that you know, pans out and works out. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I mean, personally, I hope that it wouldn't be like the, the the WWE buying them out altogether just to come to some kind of an arrangement where they can, you know, broadcast them or, or something like that, perhaps. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how uh, how things transpire, if indeed they do anyway. But let, uh, that's, you know, that that's the news items. Let's put them aside and let's crack on with, with the main part of the show because... It's WrestleMania 33 coming up. It's fast approaching. Uh, we're less than two weeks away. In fact, we're something like 10 days away uh, as we record this show. Now, and I'm sure everyone is, ex- is as excited as me, so excited I can't even say it more, for the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, this is going to be absolutely epic. I mean, Mojo Rawley, Apollo Crews, Kurt Hawkins... The big show. I mean, what more could you want at WrestleMania? <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. What a way to get the show off to a bang, eh? Um, yeah. It, it's basically a match to get everyone on the show that really isn't almost deserving of a singles or tag team or multi-person match just to get them on the show, just to give them a payday. Um so, yes, I mean, those are probably the top names to feature on in the match. Um, albeit Braun Strowman might actually also be um, um, featured in the contest. And if he is, he will then be the strong favourite to win the contest. But, no, it's just there almost as a, a filler. Um, in saying that, though, um, Baron Corbin won the uh, event last year. And um, that was a big surprise. And, um, you know, he's gone on to have a a pretty decent start to his main roster career um, on SmackDown and um, established himself as one of the uh, top stars on that brand. So, um, you know, it's not a completely meaningless match, um, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, one of the lesser anticipated matches and with good reason. Yeah. um, Let's see if James Ellsworth wins it or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I must admit i just don't watch it i don't watch the pre-shows it's a wrestlemania is like four and a half hours as it is and then there's raw for three hours and then smackdown for two hours and the nxt weekly show for an hour and before we've got the nxt takeover which will be like two two and a half hours i i don't have the time in my life to sit through two hours of a pretty meaningless preview show. I really don't. And mm. God, I wish they'd do away with them, honestly, because they were they're just awful. If not do away with them, rethink the whole thing because it's awful. Um, well, I remember the one last year where the first match um, had about, I don't know, 
it, obviously there was nearly a hundred thousand people in the crowd there, and there was barely five thousand people there for the first match. And you know, if you're one of the wrestlers in that first match, you know, leading up to that event, thinking, "Oh, awesome! I'm going to be wrestling in front of tens of thousands," and then you know, it's barely ten percent full. Um, that must be a really deflating feeling. Um, but uh, you know, that that's just the way it is with WWE wishing to hold these shows that from beginning to end are now you know, going six hours, seven hours. Yeah, and, uh, it's just really far too long. It's too much. It's just too much. It really is. I mean, I, I can, I can, I can, I can go to four hours for a WrestleMania. You know, the biggest show of the year. Fine, four hours. But honestly, it's the biggest show of the year, so make it the biggest show of the year. Make it really mean something, not just basically two extended TV shows stuck together. I don't want lots of filler backstage and promo segments. I, I want mostly ring action, and I want it contained within them four hours, and I want it to really mean something. That's what I want WrestleMania to be. So, But anyway, before I start going off in, in one of my tirades... Uh, let's let's start at what I've got here as the listed card anyway. Uh, tag teams. Now, the, the only tag team title match that we've got on the card uh, at this point, and we believe will be the case, is uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson uh, obviously defending the Raw tag team titles against Enzo Mori, Bicas, and Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, thoughts on this one more? Because... I think it can be a good match, but I'm not quite sure what um, what they've got planned here, whether we've got one of these, you know, it's going to take longer for everyone to get to the ring than it is to actually have the match. Yeah, I don't expect it to be a 20, 30 minute epic. <laughs> By no means, you're quite right about that. Um, I think this will be one of these types of matches where it will probably go 10 to 12 minutes, um, be pretty fast paced throughout. And, now, they've got some decent talent in this match, obviously. Cesaro's exceptional. Um, Sheamus on his day, when he's motivated, um, can be pretty good. And Gallows and Anderson as a pairing are um, very, very good. Um, Enzo Amore and Big Cass, as you know, we've talked about in recent weeks, um, certainly in-ring-wise, are lagging behind. Um, but um, you know, they've, they've made some decent progress in the last few months. And, you know, they're reasonably competent and um, you know wouldn't embarrass themselves in a match of this type I still don't think that they'll become the champions here um, I, I think that their in-ring um, talent is is in in need of um, some significant improvement so um, I don't think that they'll become the champions um, and uh, Cesaro and Sheamus um, yeah they, they just don't feel like um, the kind of team that can really revitalize this division whereas i think gallows and anderson are the type of team that potentially can albeit um being jobbed weekly for months on end um to the new day throughout much of 2016 didn't help um in terms of their momentum but you know a good strong win in a decent match here um i think would certainly help gallows and anderson try to uh build up a bit of momentum which they can then try and um, compound in the weeks and months after WrestleMania. So I predict um, that the champions will retain the titles. Gallows and Anderson will hold on to the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Well, I'm going to disagree with you because I think they will uh, 
put the titles on Enzo Mori and Big Cass just because I've got this feeling, and here is my tag team prediction. This kind of stable that we've, we've got brewing with uh, Triple H building up with uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, I think here what we could see is the night after WrestleMania is the revival brought up to the main roster, brought onto Raw to be part of this stable that uh, Triple H has got going or is, is building. And they will be the tag team in that stable and they are going to be the ones to then take the titles straight off Enzo and Cass the next night on Raw. That's There's a prediction for you. <laughs> I like that thinking, yeah. Um, I'd love to see the revival on the main roster. Um, they're arguably the best tag team in the WWE, whether it's developmental, Raw, SmackDown. Um, you know, they're just exceptional, and we've seen that time and time again uh, for a good couple of years, at if not longer. Yeah, um, I, I think. So, no, that, sorry, that, more, that, it's just. I, I think their characters would fit nicely alongside in that stable in that kind of psyche that they're kind of building there and they would also get the rub off it i think it would be a good move for for all parties concerned i i don't know i just i just feel i initially thought that the revival would come up to smackdown and and feud with american alpha but i've got this feeling now that it's going to be raw brought into this stable with Triple H, um, like I said, Triple H, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, part of this little stable, get the uh, get the titles the first night on Raw, you know, land with a bang, the, the characters already mesh nicely, and then just on the flip side of that, because what we saw on SmackDown this past week was American Alpha lose the titles to the Usos, is I now wonder if it will be Gargano and Champa that actually take the step up from NXT up to the main roster and go on the SmackDown side of it on the tag team roster and add another team to their, to that side of it to feud with the Usos and, and perhaps as well American Alpha. That's a possibility as well. That's right. Um, you know, the, the, the tag team division, though, um, is one that across the two brands, Raw and SmackDown, um, like very much the women's division, isn't really as strong as... Um, if it was a single unified division um, based just on one of the brands, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. And, um, you know, I think that that's um, one of the crying shames about the tag team divisions that they've got two divisions that are both um, struggling. And were if those divisions were together, um, they'd be far stronger. But then the, the flip side to that argument is, well, would you really need 12, 13, 14 tag teams all on the one division, so sorry, all on the one brand um, as part of this uh, unified division. So um, you know that then kind of uh, leads into speculation about um, whether they will wish to um, reshuffle the rosters on Raw and SmackDown and perhaps go for another draft, perhaps um, you know, following on from the one that was held last year, because we're coming up to. What is it now? Nine or ten months since um, we had that brand extension stroke split. So um, you know, post WrestleMania might be the time to do that. But uh, you know, that 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 could be another kind of direction that we wish to go in. If um, kind of creating a specific um, NXT kind of stable is not the way they want to go. 
Yeah, it could, it could be interesting times ahead, and, and they're my predictions anyway. We'll, we'll see whether or not they actually transpire. Now, um, talking about a, you know a, a division that has perhaps struggled and but does have talent. Now, that that takes us nicely into the the cruiserweight division because there's most certainly talent in there. There's there's plenty of talent there, but it had struggled up until the point where, let's face it, until Neville came in with his new hit. Uh, heel character, fantastic character, it, hot as hell, still hot, brilliantly played. He's he's doing the best work of his career that, that I've seen. And this match coming up with Austin Aries, even though Austin Aries is not a natural baby face, and he definitely works better as a heel, this is a match I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing uh, more. I, I don't know about yourself. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's one that uh, you know I'm really looking forward to. I mean, the cruiserweight division on Raw has just been an unmitigated disaster. It's just been a complete flop because it's not been presented in the right way. And you know, I feel that the people that they used um, to try and kickstart the division were completely the wrong people to kickstart it. You know, Brian Kendrick's a good worker. But his style was completely the wrong style um, to get um, fans' attention to the cruiserweight division. Um, TJP, um, you know, he, he has no personality or charisma whatsoever, despite being, you know, very good in the ring. And um, you know, these were not the type of people to really be building that division around. And you only get one chance to make a first impression. And, you know, the first impression that many people had of the cruiserweight division was, well, not really interested in this. This looks like a load of shit. Um, you know, that's a reaction that um, a lot of the casual kind of more mainstream audience had. You know, a lot of that audience didn't watch the cruiserweight classic, which, as we know, was, you know, a fantastic um, you know, 12 or 13 weeks of television. And, um, you know, everything that was so good about that was completely lost um, by putting that division on um, Raw. And, um, you know, that's, a, again, you know, yet another reason for, you know, hitting the reset button and potentially moving that division onto SmackDown, uh, which I always felt was the natural home for um, that kind of uh, division and also um, something that's more suited to, um, more in-ring orientated show, whereas Raw was always the one that was a bit more about sports entertainment. So uh, it was never a comfortable fit for me. And uh, the fact that you know most cruiserweight matches we see on Raw are you know barely you know longer than two minutes um, tells you everything you need to know about um, you know, just how, what a flop it has been. So. Uh, you know, whilst I'm really looking forward to the match because Austin Aries and Neville are exceptional, I'm sure it'll be a really good match. Um, the division itself, um, you know, is is really really struggling, and I think even if Austin Aries wins the title, even with all his charisma and his talent, I still don't think that that's enough to um, resurrect the division on Raw. The only way that I think that that can happen is if the division moves uh, to SmackDown. Yeah, I've got to agree with that. I've I've always said that myself that that SmackDown was the natural fit for the cruiserweight division. It much better home, shorter show, 
Um, they could have had a, a really strong segment in there instead. And then I think as well, then the, the, the women's division could entirely be on Raw. Then you'd have one deep division, you know, with a title that really means something because you've got so many talented women going after the belt. And you could have multiple storylines then. Instead, we've got a division that's split and, and it... And sadly, it's not deep enough to be split as yet. You know, maybe in a couple of years' time it will be. But as things stand, it, it isn't. And and I think, you know, one strong women's division on, on Raw would have been great for the women and really sort of hyped the interest because although what we've had instead is basically three three women fighting for the title and it's just going back and forth between because there's nobody else that in, is really up for that title. And then you look over at SmackDown, they've done a good job of building up Alexa Bliss. But basically, you've got Mickey James that's just come in, and then you've got Mickey Lynch, uh, Becky Lynch, uh, sorry, who who really, in the eyes of the fans, are credible contenders. So if you had that as one division, you've then got you've then got five or six contenders for the belt, and you don't have this flip flop between two or three people with a storyline. It gets a bit too boring and repetitive. So. Yeah, I think the opportunities are there, and it's just going to be a bit of a bold move for them to uh, to go ahead and do it. And uh, but I hope they do. Uh, and and speaking of the the women's divisions, I mean, we'll start with the SmackDown side of it. It is Alexa Bliss defending the title against Carmella and Natalia and Mickey James and Becky Lynch, and it's still called as also others to be announced now. From these others, are we expecting perhaps Asuka to make a step up to the main roster? Or this, or could this be, instead, could it be Naomi coming back from injury? What I mean, what, what are we led to, uh, what are we supposed to expect from this one then, Mo? Yes, I think that um, there's a strong likelihood that Naomi will be um, returning at WrestleMania in this match. Um, but the fact that there will be more than one surprise unannounced entrant would suggest that um, you know we can expect either um, a blast, another blast from the past similar to a Mickey James um, or um, you know so somebody like a Layla for example who you know has been gone for a year or two um, or it could be somebody coming up from NXT and as you mentioned um, you know it could be the NXT Women's Champion Asuka and you know, if she came up, you know, that'd be fantastic for the division um, because, you know, she's arguably the best um, female in terms of um, in-ring talent um, in the entire WWE. So uh, you know, that'd be a real shot in the arm if uh, WWE persists with keeping um, two divisions, one for Raw, one for SmackDown, um, because certainly in terms of in-ring talent, um, SmackDown side is um, somewhat on the weak side. Um, I mean, they've got you know a good number of women on the women's Ross on the on the SmackDown side, but um, as I say, um, in terms of talented women who can assemble good matches, um, there aren't really that many. Um, no, Mickey James is one, um, Becky is another, Natalia with the right opponents also is as well. Um, Alexa, you know, she's improved a lot, um, but still kind of. Um, coming along and certainly not as uh, um, polished a performer as Natalia, Mickey or Becky. Um, but uh, certainly Asuka would really, as Jim Ross would say, help business to pick up significantly. 
So, so where do you see the title going in this? Because, I mean, I've got to say one thing is, I don't like it when we have these matches where there's, you know, like sort of five, six, seven people involved. Uh, they, they, they can be so scrappy and fragmented. There's no proper pace to it. And I've got a feeling it's one of these sort of 10 minute things. And it's just an excuse, an excuse, you know, rather than actually build a couple of storylines here, we just I'll throw everything together. Everyone gets their face on the screen, get 10 minutes, you get out there and boom, we're done. And I, I don't think we'll get much in the way of match quality, but what about in terms of winner then? Do, do you think it, it's going to be one of the uh, surprise entrants that uh, ends up walking away with the, with the title belt? Um, possibly, but um, you know we've got eight title matches on this show, which is almost absurd in a way, really. And I think you know we're not going to get eight title changes, so I don't think that we'll get title change here i think that alexa will retain the title um purely because i thought i don't think um, we're going to get huge numbers of title changes there might be four or five i don't think that this is one of them i don't think that um moving the title off alexa um is the best way to kind of help get her over um you know i think i think you know she's somebody that they're working on to try and get her over as a heel um clearly lagging behind um, Charlotte Flair as a heel performer. Um, so the way to really elevate her profile um, and build up a bit of a head of steam behind it is to continue with that title run. And um, you know, that's one of the things that we've complained about, obviously, in recent weeks is um, the frequency and the volume of title changes. And, you know, if this is a title that can have some stability with one champion, you know, for more than three or four months, you know, ideally six, eight months, um, you know, that would be good for Alexa and good for that belt if the decision is to keep um, two separate um, women's rosters. I'm not so sure because, I mean, you talk about stability. I mean, at the moment, stability is keeping the title for more than a week. Uh, <laughs> if, if 2017 has taught us anything, it's the year of the title change in WWE. So I... I do think this one will change hands, but to whom? God knows. It's one of them. I think probably one of the uh, the unnamed opponents at this point will probably come out with it, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Moving across to the women's uh, Raw title then, Bailey defending against Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and now Nia Jax in there as well, as was rumoured a while back that it will become a fatal four-way. Again, I think with there being four involved, I I don't think it will be as good a match as it could have been. I think, obviously, a one-on-one, we could have had a classic between two out of the three. Uh, even with the triple threat match, I felt that we could still have a really good uh, match. But with a fatal four-way, I'm not so confident. Though I do think Bailey is going to uh, keep the title here. So uh, what about you, Mo? The head-on list of... Uh, Pro Wrestling Index. What what's your views on the the Raw Women's Championship? I've got a feeling that Charlotte will win the title back. You know, Bailey Bailey's um, you know very good performer, and um, you know the reaction when she won the title was really good. Um, but that magic that really made her a special performer on NXT just isn't there. 
Now, in front of this crowd um, at WrestleMania, uh, there will be a lot of that kind of NXT type um, fan there, you know, the kind of more hardcore fan um, that is more into these types of characters like Bailey. Um, so I'm sure she'll get a really strong reaction, but um, we, we know and we've seen it now. They don't like to keep the title off Charlotte for more than a few weeks. And um, that, that's why I think that, you know, Charlotte is, for me, a strong favourite to win the title back for, I think it would be a fifth time. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you also that it's likely not going to be as great a match as it may, maybe could have been if it was a three-way between Bailey, Charlotte and Sasha. But uh, I, I think they'll get a decent run. I mean, I'm pretty confident this match will be on the main WrestleMania card. The previous four matches we previewed, I expect all four of those to be on the pre-show. Um, and I think that um, this match also could be um, in a decent position on the on the main WrestleMania card as well. Um, so I, I think it will get you know, at least 12, maybe even up to 15, 16 minutes. And I think we'll see some cool stuff. I think it will be a good match, but I think we will see a title switch here. And I think Charlotte will regain um, the women's championship from Raw. Yeah, I also uh, believe that it will be higher up on the card and that they will give them probably a good 15 to 20 minutes, maybe, but certainly 15 minutes. And it's just a shame. This, This really should have been where Charlotte lo- uh, lost her pay-per-view streak and where Bailey actually won the title for the first time. That is what this should have been. That would have been the WrestleMania moment, you know, as, as it was the much famed thing oh, for yeah. years and years. You know, totally that, that, agree. That, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, um, I don't it's such a shame. They, yeah. I don't understand why they pulled the trigger um, a few weeks ago. You know, it was, you know, certainly really well lined up. You know, and all the build over the previous two to three months was all pointing the direction of the payoff being at WrestleMania. So why they chose to, um, you know, hot shot it and give us that uh, title change weeks earlier, I just don't understand. I can't figure it out for the life of me. And, um, you know, it would have, as you say, made a great WrestleMania moment, um, but they chose not to. So um, that, that was just a bit strange and bizarre. But um, it is what it is. You know, it's now a four-women uh, match. And um, I, as I say, I think it'll be a good one, um, but not not a great one. And, you know, with Charlotte on this show, I think, you know, the potential was there for her to take part in a, in a great, memorable, special match. And I, I just don't think it will be that. Yeah, it's... Once again, WWE not learning the lessons of WCW some uh, almost 20 years ago now. So, yes. Anyway, uh, so moving on. Next up, we've got uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Um, I'm not expecting great things from this match. I think it's there's potentially this is lining up for, for one of those feel-good moments, so to speak between um, John Cena and Nikki Bella afterwards. And if it is Nikki Bella's swan song, then, you know, I, I would expect it to be her that gets the uh, gets the pin, gets the one, two, three over Maurice in this. But more, I, I've got to say, I thought this has been a match that's been built 
fairly well. Um, some good promos back and forth between the two. I think John Cena gave a really good promo uh, a few weeks ago. You know, kind of batting back on, on on a lot of the the common criticisms he his character gets. So this has been. I wouldn't say this is a match that I'm particularly looking forward to, but I think this is a match that's been built um, quite decently. Yeah, I think it has. Um, I did feel that some of that early promo work they could have actually saved till maybe next week's uh, Go Home Smackdown. Um, you know, what, what you want on the last one or two weeks, um, you know, leading up to the big show itself is, um, you know, you're really, really best um angles that really make you so uh, keen to watch the match to see the match um to increase that anticipation and i felt that they used their better material to hype up the match right at the start of this program and um you know their um, effort this past week on smackdown in my view left a lot to be desired it really was you know attempt to be funny attempt to be a bit different to do something a bit out of the box um, with um, Miz and Maurice, um, Paradine, Cena and uh, Nikki Bella. And, um, you know, the only funny bit was, uh, you know, Cena getting down on his knee to tie his shoelaces and then, uh, you know, uh, Maurice stroke Nikki Bella thinking, oh, he's finally going to propose. Oh, no, he isn't. Um, but other than that, I thought the rest of it was a complete fail. And, um you know, somewhat affected the momentum that they had been building. Otherwise, though, it has been a good, you know, build to this match. Um, but that said, this match features John Cena, one of the best wrestlers in the WWE of the last 10, 12 years. And you can't help but feel that, um, you know, in a mixed tag match like this, where, you know, it's likely to be a, an entertaining, um, you know, 15, 20 minute match. Um, you know, he could have been taking part in something really memorable, a classic match against, um, you know, any other opponent. And, um, you know, that that's not going to happen. You know, for months on end, we all thought, you know, Cena against The Undertaker, finally it will happen. And, you know, that, that you know, match, that dream match is something that we were, we, uh, we've not been, um, you know, uh, given. And that, that's a real shame. Because I think if that match had been on the card, um, that would have been... Um, Absolutely superb and arguably the most anticipated contest of the entire show. Uh, not to be, maybe next year, uh, but nonetheless, you know, it'll still be entertaining. So I can't complain too much. Yeah, it's, it's something that I would expect to see next year. Actually, now you mention it, I, I do think that that'll be that'll be next year's senior and the Undertaker, unless Taker just can't make another year. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, so what about Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental title? I think Dean Ambrose has really, really nosedived. In, in all honesty, probably somewhere around about three, four weeks after winning the WWE title, and especially after that move across to you know, once the brand split uh, came into effect uh, and at SmackDown, I think it kind of, it really for me showed just how lacking he was, especially in a babyface role. You know, he, he's quite a limited character, and I think he's re, he's needed rejuvenated. He's needed something else for so long that he's slipped into this kind of level of mediocrity. And 
and even having the intercontinental title has not really done anything for him. Um, and I don't think this is going to be much of a match. And I also don't expect Baron Corbin to win the title from him. But as much as anything more, I mean, what what's next for Dean Ambrose after this uh, this match at WrestleMania, regardless of who wins? Yeah, no, I think your assessment's um, spot on. Comparing him to maybe 18 months to two years ago, when it seemed like, you know, he could potentially have been a breakout star, you know, a really, um, you know, big time um, main eventer potentially in the WWE. He's really not fulfilled his potential. And in fact, I mean, if you remember when he did the um, Stone Cold podcast on WWE Network last year, you know, Stone Cold himself picked up on you know, some of the kind of intangibles that were missing um, from you know, the Ambrose character that really prevented him from you know, connecting with the audience in the way that perhaps he should. I mean, there's a heck of a talent there. I mean, in the ring, he's, he's very, very good. Um, you know, his pro- promos, um, you know, inspired to an extent by Roddy Piper, um, you know, a bit unorthodox and um, a bit unpredictable. And, you know, he's a bit different. And, you know, I, I like that, but... Um, you know, there's certainly that there's something missing there, and I think he's never been able to truly discover what it is that you know he needs to um, get to the next level. And you know, because of that, you're, you're quite right. He has um, you know um, lost his momentum, and um, you know for that reason, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I'm expecting a title change. I think Baron Corbin will win the title. I mean, Corbin himself is is not um, an exceptional talent. But um, you know he has size. He, he's not um, he's not all that bad. I mean he's he's got good athleticism, and um, I think he has certainly improved um, since he stepped up into SmackDown. And you know SmackDown is um, something that needs um, you know a fresh injection or something. So I think Corbin is an IC champion. Um, would certainly you know set up some different matches and feuds. Um, involving that title and as for Ambrose well heel turn might be something that's you know in order because um, you know this baby face run just isn't really working out for him so um, a heel turn possibly even a move into the tag team division with the right partner might be the, the thing for him to do um, but you know as a singles guy he was on the verge of you know becoming something special and it just hasn't worked out, and he's you know fizzling out, and he you know he, if he's not careful, he could become you know the next of Ziggler is um, you know a veteran guy who's just there to put over the youngsters. Yeah, I think for me it was sort of just over two years ago when he was quite hot. Then people were really behind him, but he was losing way too often, and he had this goofiness about him, and and I think that really hurt his character. Then people were started to get behind him again, and they were really up when they thought that he'd won the title, but he hadn't. And then he won when he actually won it. It wasn't quite as big a pop as it was when they first thought he actually had won it. I, I do think he's kind of there's a legacy there that he's suffering from from the way that his characters developed, and I do think a heel turn would be a timely one for him. Let him get some aggression out, you know, turn nasty another bit of a, a side to his character to develop something and just go on a different avenue 
instead of this drifting into what I see as mediocrity at the moment. So we'll see. Uh, again, like so many other <laughs> the uh, the performance here, we'll, we'll just I guess we'll just have to see how things pan out. Uh, but moving from the IC title across to the US title, um, now this is a storyline that's been built. It's been built over months and months. You know, we're, we're talking six months. This has been built at least. Uh, fantastic build, fantastic promos. You know, two two great uh, performers in the ring. Obviously, genuine friends outside of it as well as the, the you know the the best friends that they portrayed on screen. And that, of course, is Chris Jericho defending against Kevin Owens. Personally, more I think this is going to be the uh, the match that kicks off the uh, the night, and somehow or other, I've got a funny feeling that Chris Jericho is going to keep the title. I agree, I agree. Um, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, you know, every year at WrestleMania, there's that odd, you know, one or two matches, high profile ones where um, they'll pull a swerve and. Um, you know, everyone expects you know a certain person to win or lose, and um, they give you the complete opposite. So I suspect that there will be um, a case of Jericho retaining the title, but then potentially dropping it the next night on Raw, um, and that, that's the way I see that one panning out. Just because um, so many people already know that Jericho is disappearing uh, for a few weeks at least to um, do some work with. Um, his side project, his band Fozzy, and um, you know, so on that basis, they'll think, well, okay, everyone's just assuming that Owens will win the title and become the new US champion. So let's swerve everyone, um, let's have Jericho retained, and then we can pull the title switch the next night on Raw. Um, but you're quite right, also as well. This is going to be an excellent match. You know, it, it, it's almost impossible to see it being anything less than that, unless. Um, something disastrously go, goes wrong, one of them gets injured during the match, or uh, creative have an absolute mare and give them only five minutes to work this match, which I really, really would be surprised about. I think these are, uh, two are going to get at least 20 minutes, and with 20 minutes, Owens and Jericho have you know all the time to work an absolute classic. Um, I, I think this will be one of the best matches of the night. And um, I think Jericho will retain the title and, um, you know, it, it will be nothing but, um, you know, a, a blissful 20 minutes or however long it is. Um, the, these two are just magic and uh, can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I actually think this will be the best match of the night. Uh, it might not have the most memorable moment of the night I'm, cause, because our next match, I think, will will no doubt have that somewhere in there. But I do think it'll be a fantastic match. And I just think for everything, the the action in the ring, the talking between them, even though even when they're going to be in the ring together, the, the Kevin Owens is so talkative. It's going to be a classic and it's going to be great fun to watch, I think. Uh, and so on to our next match, which I think will no doubt somewhere in there, we will have a, a memorable moment for the night. Uh, Shane McMahon and AJ Styles. This has been very, very sort of rapidly built, um, almost hot-shotted at the last minute. Um, obviously, w- what we've got basically is, is for my money, the, the, the best wrestler in the world today against a stuntman. So, um, what what can happen or what can go wrong here, Mo? Well, 
Well, um, what can go wrong here is um, AJ Styles' momentum that he's built up so well over the last nearly 12 months um, being ruined by um, you know, Shane McMahon winning this match. You know, that's almost um, unthinkable that you know they could even think of having Shane go over AJ Styles. But unfortunately, that's something that's also a possibility because um, you know WWE likes to pull surprises, just as we talked about. Um, you know, in talking about the Jericho Owens match, and they might just decide, well, you know, everyone will think AJ will win, so let's pull another surprise and have Shane win, but. That would just be ludicrous beyond belief because, you know, Shane's not a wrestler. You know, he'll only appear once a year to make a, um, a nice pay packet out of um, a WrestleMania match. And that's it. He's really got nothing to really add to this company. AJ Styles, in contrast, has plenty to give and, um, you know, needs to be one of the focal points of this company, you know, for the next several years. So for him to lose in this match, would just be um, an absolute travesty. And uh, the fact he's even in this match is, is bad enough. And it annoys me greatly that you know he's having to be involved in a match with Shane when he could be involved in a match with, you know, one of the many great wrestlers on the, the roster. Um, and I just hope that coming out of this, um, he goes straight away into something a bit more meaningful. And, you know, this doesn't lead to any ongoing, um, continuation of this storyline i'm really not interested in this um i just want shane to get this match over and done with you know do his you know stuntman fall from 50 60 feet or whatever whatever height it will be from and um the match can be done and then we we can forget about it because um as i say um you know you know seeing shane wrestle just doesn't interest me and i'm quite sick of you know, seeing all these part-timers turn up at WrestleMania to have their once-a-year matches. You know, it's something that, you know, for um, one or two matches on the show is fine, but, you know, now it is getting to four or five matches on the card and it becomes, you know, um, even more about, well, let's just pay attention to WWE, you know, in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania and don't care about the rest because, the people that matter are the ones that appear at WrestleMania and everyone else are the people that you should care less about. And, you know, that that's the rant I was on about a couple of weeks ago. And it's something I feel strongly about. I'm just getting increasingly tired of seeing these part-timers turn up at WrestleMania and, and dominate the show. And, you know, it was never like that. It's, it's a recent phenomenon. And I hope that, you know, WWE um, brings an end to this because if it's a case of, having um, Shane, Undertaker, Brock, Goldberg, um, Triple H work a WrestleMania and only a WrestleMania every single year, year in, year out for the next several years, then you know I, I might just decide to give these shows a miss or watch it on fast forward and get through it in an hour. Yeah, it'll be case we get to WrestleMania 50 and it'll be... Uh... It'll be be all the seventy and eight year olds beating beating these twenty and thirty year olds. It's just yeah, it's <clears throat> look. I can understand them trying to capture casual fans, but 
they've got to sort of I think they have to look at the bigger picture and the kind of message that the underlying message that's been sent and I do think if, I agree with you Shane McMahon goes over AJ Styles it's entirely the wrong message to send it really is uh, and, and that's not you know oh, internet wrestling fans bitching and whining no it, just think about what the message that it sends from your product so hopefully yeah I agree with you hopefully this is a one and done and AJ Styles can move on to something much more meaningful because he's an excellent wrestler. He's one of the, for me, he's the best in the world and and, and should be working with top-level talents, uh, not part-time stuntmen. But anyway, yeah, that, that'll do for that one. Now, you mentioned Triple H. Um, obviously, the, they've now announced that it's a, an unsanctioned match between him and uh, Seth Rollins. Um this could be, I would expect this will be quite spectacular and with Triple H involved in it, I've no doubt they will get something close to half an hour. Uh, not including um, some kind of spectacular entrance, I don't know, Game of Thrones or something like that for Triple H this year, but th- this will be, I think it will be a fascinating match and, and I just hope more, I just really, really hope that Seth Rollins is not taking a huge risk here and that his knee is in good shape. I hope so too. And um, the angle that he took part in last week um, had me wincing. I thought, okay, you know, if this knee injury is legit and uh, we're led to believe that it is, then, um, you know, in being involved in such a physical angle, such as the one that he took part in on Raw last week, can't have been good for his knee, surely. Um, I mean, you know, Triple H is, you know, he's a very safe worker and, you know, he, he knows how to make something look um, painful when it isn't at all. Uh, but even then, you know, running around, you know, working spots, um, you know, when you're supposed to damage, you know, ligaments in the knee can't be good. So um, for that reason, you know, I just don't think that this will be a, an excellent match. Um, I think this will be an okay match. Um, they'll have to have plenty of smoke, smoke and mirrors to kind of you know, make this a memorable match. Um, but they pulled it off in a way, or sorry, Triple H pulled it off in a way with Sting um, at WrestleMania, I think a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Sting at that point, you know, in his mid fifties, you know, fairly limited as a worker. Um, you know, still had quite a memorable contest with Triple H and, you know, they had um, enough kind of distractions and bells and whistles um, to, to make that a, a spectacle. And I think that, you know, they'll be clever enough in their booking to make a spectacle of um, Rollins versus Triple H. Um, I don't think as a straight up match, um, it, it will be um, um, anything like an excellent contest. Um, but I think they'll try to make it a, a spirited brawl, um, trying to protect Seth Rollins at the same time. And um, I think that Seth Rollins will actually pick up a victory here. He really desperately needs something because um, he's another one like his former Shield colleague, Dean Ambrose, who's um, certainly lost some momentum in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, you now, the knee injury came at the worst possible time, you know, a few months before last year's WrestleMania. He then returned and, um, you know, the whole baby face run just hasn't worked out for him. He's far, far better as a heel. And, um, you know, the storyline I've always had in my mind is that um, 
Um, Stephanie McMahon turns on Triple H and sides with Rollins. And, um, you know, if that's the storyline that they went with, um, you know, at WrestleMania um, and then coming out of WrestleMania, um, that, that would certainly make things very interesting. Um, but uh, I, I just don't know if they'll go in that direction or not. Um, but no, I, I think it'll be a spectacle. I think it'll be a good match, not a great one. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I certainly tend to agree. I mean, I initially wondered whether the knee injury with uh, Seth Rollins was legit, whether it was just a work, you know, to build part of the storyline. But obviously, you know, some of the the reaction seems to be that, yeah, it was legit. And uh, and with that, if it is legitimate, you know, if it is, if it's an elaborate work, then they've done a very good job of it. But it, if it is, has been legitimate and it's not, as serious as perhaps was was we were led to believe then or whichever way hopefully you know that that's my main concern here is you know with a guy who is in his prime the hope is that it is not taking too much of a risk here just to be involved in this match and uh yeah i i I hope he's hope he gets through this and and then things move on from there um now another one of the, the big matches now last week more I made the argument for Roman Reigns against The Undertaker to be the the match that actually closes out WrestleMania. Um, and my argument was based on that this would be the the ideal opportunity for Roman, he- Roman Reigns to turn heel because the crowd had rejected him anyway. The crowd had gone to cheer The Undertaker. So Roman Reigns turning legitimate heel and beating The Undertaker closing out WrestleMania for me would have been huge and would have been like a rocket on the back of Roman Reigns. Um, do, do you see any of that happening? I think that would be a fantastic end to the show, albeit one that would get absolutely shit upon by the 70,000 in the audience. But that would be the reaction you'd want to get. I think that they need to turn Roman Reigns heel. It's very clear that um, as a baby face, it's not working out. And, you know, as we, I think, talked about several weeks ago, if they turned him heel, the chances are he'd probably start getting, you know, really good babyface type reactions. Um, that, that's just the way things work nowadays. Um, I'd like to see Roman Reigns win. Um, you know, if they've had that streak end um, and there's one loss on The Undertaker's record, I really don't think it would hurt. The Undertaker's legacy if there's a second loss on that record as well. And especially if it's to somebody like Roman Reigns, who, you know, potentially could be um, you know, one of the genuine main eventers for the WWE for the next decade plus. And uh, WWE really needs to think about um getting um some of their young younger talent um to to be seen at the level of these main eventers of the past, you know, your Undertakers, your Rocks, your Stone Cold Steve Austins. And um, what better way to do that than to um, have, you know, Roman Reigns not only go over victorious, um, but to cement that heel turn. And, um, you know, that certainly set things up beautifully um, for the weeks and months after WrestleMania. You know, there's always that temptation for fans to, you know, get interested in the WWE in the lead up to WrestleMania and then to drift out 
immediately after but a Roman Reigns turn and uh, you know kind of combined would really make Raw you know the most interesting it has been for years and years so that that would be a direction I'd love to see them go in and, and that's why you know I think Roman Reigns will, will win the contest as well um, you know this is a match that um, you know Vince personally wanted and you know I believe that he nixed Undertaker and John Cena um, for this match and I think if Vince wanted this match there must be a reason for it I think he wants um, to really put the rocket on uh, Roman Reigns and I think that's why he will win at WrestleMania and beat The Undertaker whether it will go on last um, I'm not so sure um, because they do like to have um, you know one of the titles as the final match but um you know, it's certainly not beyond the realms of possibility because, uh, you know, th- this should be very eagerly anticipated. But, um, you know, r- Reigns for me has to win. Yeah, I, I think I think Reigns winning as a babyface would be a terrible idea because the fans will just crap all over it and it'll be so counterproductive to, to Roman Reigns. So if, if Roman Reigns is going to win, he's got to do this as part of a heel turn, you know, cementing that heel turn, like you said, and then it will be huge. It will be a memorable moment. It'll mean something and, and it will make him absolutely white hot going into, uh, to raw the next night. So we mentioned titles there. I mean, sorry, you mentioned titles there more, uh, moving on to, uh, what has been, well, it's been called one of the main, uh, been called the main event. It's, um, I don't expect it to be right at the top of the card, Bray Wyatt versus uh, Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. And I've, I've got to say that this feels more mid-card. And, I, and I'm and i I'm really sort of finding it difficult to become interested in a WWE Championship match because rather than portray, allow Bray Wyatt to be portrayed as the babyface turn in this uh, and let Randy Orton push that sort of heel that he's so good at, you know, to change, slightly change things around from the last time these two were feuding. We've pretty much just gone back to where we were a few months ago and I don't feel interested in it one little bit. And it seems that the fans in the arenas, they're not that fussed either. And it's, it, feels quite disappointing for a WWE title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I totally agree. I couldn't care less. I couldn't give a shit about this match. Um, you know, when they put the title on Bray, I thought, okay, you know, finally he's been given a chance. You know, maybe with the title, um, he'll finally start to get over. Maybe they'll be able to do things with him um, and, you know, be able to connect with the audience in a way that just hasn't happened for him. But that hasn't happened even with a title. You know, fans still don't care. They're still not into his promos. They're still not into the gimmick, the whole character. It's just lost on the majority of the audience. You know, they'll they'll pull out their phones. You know, they'll put the torches on um, for his entrance. Um, but that's it, and that's all he's good for. That's not a WWE champion, and that's why this is the least anticipated WWE title match in WrestleMania history by far. And that just should never be the case. You know, Randy Orton as well, who for so many years has been one of the top performers in the WWE and one of its most overstars. Um, the whole Wyatt thing is, you know, it's not killed, you know, his, 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 
character or anything like that. Um, but it's really not been good for his career. You know, he, he doesn't come across like um, a top star by any stretch of the imagination. This whole storyline's just not done anything for him whatsoever. So I think that he needs to win the title, um, end this whole storyline, whether it's at this show or maybe at the subsequent um, SmackDown pay-per-view and then move in a different direction. And as for Bray Wyatt, well, you know, he, he just needs to go back to the whole Wyatt family thing and just become you know, an, an undercard performer. I just don't think he will ever be um, a viable main event act. Um, you know, he's he's certainly a talent. You know, he can cut interesting promos. You know, he's a good worker in the ring, but um, he just doesn't connect with the audience. It's as simple as that. So either he has to completely change his gimmick, or he can persist with that gimmick, but he'll have to accept that he can only be an undercard guy. And, um, you know, that that's just the long and short of it. Um, the Bray Wyatt character, I'm afraid. See, I, I think he's going to retain the title here. I think they're going to keep the belt on him. And I just wonder who they're going to use in order to facilitate that. I think there's going to be outside interference, perhaps. We're going to see Luke Harper back, maybe even Eric Rowan. I, I just... It just, it's just repackaging the whole thing over and over again, but regurgitating it. I felt there was an opportunity to switch the roles, and and at least it would have felt a bit more fresh. I think as a babyface, there's 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 mileage there for Bray, but the heel trying to still trying to push being a heel when people wanted to cheer for him for about two years, it's it doesn't work, and it's and Randy Orton, he's not really a believable baby face people I, I don't feel like people really empathize with him or sympathize with him and want to get behind him he's portrayed more of a heel character but then we're supposed to believe he's baby face the, the, the way this thing's been booked i think has been quite poor really and has not helped either of the guys out or or the title belt you know that championship as well that prestigious championship and yeah it's it, it's a real shame that this it's such a cold match for such um, a prestigious title belt. But, well, again, just like so many others, I guess we'll just have to see quite how that pans out. So that just leaves the uh, the universal title um, between a couple more part-timers. Um, one of them, well, one of them being called part-timer. The other one, you couldn't even, you wouldn't even call him a part-timer. It's not even, it's not even close to being part-time. Uh, Goldberg has been back and... Uh, he wanted his son and his wife to see him wrestle. I think they're still waiting to see him wrestle because he's been in the ring all of something like about a minute and a half. Uh, and all he's done is deliver a couple of spears. And I, I see the title going across to to Brock Lesnar. Um, but I just wonder quite how long this one's going to last more. If it goes more than five minutes, I'll be absolutely shocked. <laughs> I mean, it would be... Um... No, extremely unlikely that it's going to go longer than that because um, no, his first minute, sorry, his first match lasted less than two minutes. His second singles match lasted what was it, eighteen seconds, nineteen seconds against Kevin Owens. Um, for whatever reason, he just doesn't have long matches, and I don't think this will be any different. Um, 
you know, this might be a bit more competitive than the first um, return match that Goldberg had um, with Brock last year, but um, you know, it still won't be one that will go all, you know, all that far. Um, certainly not beyond five minutes, I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. Brock, Brock Lesnar has to retain, sorry, has to um, become the champion here, regain um, has he has he held the universe? No, he hasn't actually. He's never held the universal championship. So this will be his first time as universal champion, and um, that would be um, him getting that kind of receipt for putting Goldberg over clean last year, and for having lost twice to him, you know, at WrestleMania 20, and then again in 2016, um, and also on top of that being. Uh, eliminating the Raw Rumble. So getting his win at WrestleMania for the title would be, in his view, um, um, kind of a fair trade. And um, anything other than that, I'd be even more shocked. So um, I just don't see any other outcome but Brock Lesnar winning that championship. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, I mean, we, we put a poll out on the, the PW underscore index, the on the the Pro Wrestling Index Twitter account uh, at PW underscore index, if I can say that all correctly. Uh, yeah, we put a poll out um, over this past week asking people what, what their thoughts were. Yeah, presuming that Brock Lesnar does win the championship, you know, who's next for him? Potentially Brock, uh, Braun Strowman, uh, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, or somebody else. And well, Roman Reigns seems to be the, the overwhelming winner on that poll. I mean, is that who you think could be next on the horizon for, for Lesnar, presuming he does win the title? Um, yes, I think so. Um, there's already talk that um, the plan is for the main event of WrestleMania 34, which is in a year's time, um, to be headlined by Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. So um, building a match... Um, 12 months out, um, you know, I mean, it's something we've only seen really once before with um, The Rock and John Cena in their return match um, several years ago. And uh, I just don't see why they should wait till that long. You know, I'd, I'd prefer them to kind of go with that match maybe at SummerSlam or even before that, you know, maybe even as soon as the next Raw exclusive pay per view. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's something that you know we've we've seen before. Um, there'll be a lot of fans that will not really be too keen on seeing Brock and Roman Reigns guide it again. However, if Roman Reigns is a heel, it then gives a slightly different dynamic to it. Um, but uh, no, other than that, um, you know, it, it's something that you know some fans will really want to see. Others that you know just will not be interested in the slightest. Um, but as I talked about recently, I think their uh, options for Brock Lesnar are very limited because you know, he clearly doesn't like to put over guys that are you know, a lot smaller than him. And um, so that kind of narrows down the pool of people that he could potentially work with. You know, it's really, in my view, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, um, maybe one or two others, Kevin Owens at an outside stretch. And that's about it, really. And um, other than that, 
Um, I just don't. I mean, he's certainly not going to have a few with somebody like a Sami Zayn, as talented as Sami Zayn is. And you know, even though I think that he will be a universal or a world champion, you know, in the next several years, you know, I just don't see Brock Lesnar even considering putting over somebody like that. So, um, you know, it'll be one of the big guys, I'm afraid. And I think at this point in time, Reigns might be the favourite for that spot. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's certainly the, the the name that kind of makes the most sense. Uh, just before we go, one name that hasn't been mentioned, and again, this was another poll that we put out on the, the Pro Wrestling Index Twitter account over the past week, and that was um, asking fans whether or not they thought that a certain Finn Balor would be involved at WrestleMania. Now, overwhelmingly, people thought that he would be. They thought he'd be on the cards somehow at WrestleMania. Do you see Finn Balor appearing at WrestleMania, or do you think they're saving him now for the night after, even though he's been involved in um, house shows, he's not been on TV? That's right. Um, I, I think that it's more likely he'll be saved for a return on Raw. Um, they'd like to have um, big returns or surprises on Raw the night after WrestleMania. So I think that they'll wait till then. I mean, it's possible that he might interfere or be involved in one of the matches at WrestleMania, but I think the likelihood is uh, Raw is where we'll see him. Unless they decide, actually, um, you know, we could do with having him all over on SmackDown instead, in which case he might debut on the Tuesday night, or sorry, return on the Tuesday night. But the the strong likelihood, I think, is that um, it will be the Monday and a return on Raw. And um, he's he's back, you know, he's he's fit, he's ready to go, um, he's over his injury, and um, you know, it, it's uh, great to see him back because he's a great talent, and uh, I think he's got a lot to offer. And um, you know, somebody like a Samoa Joe, for example, might be just the right kind of opponent for him to come back to. Somebody who's very familiar with, somebody who's worked with in the past. And as somebody who can certainly have a very, very good program and feud with. So, uh, you know, if anybody will be his next um, kind of dance partner upon his return, I would suspect that Samojo is that person. Yeah, I, I do wonder whether they might decide to do like an impromptu match whereby something along the lines of Samojo taking out Sami Zayn backstage and then Samojo coming out and. Uh, mouthing off in the ring and then we we get um Finn Balor returning that way because you know you, you talk about the the wanting return uh, surprise returns uh, you know lots of surprises on that raw straight after mania i think if we don't see Finn Balor <laughs> throughout WrestleMania i don't think it'd be too much in the way of a surprise to see him the night after on that raw so i i do wonder whether we might get him in some kind of an impromptu match because there's, you know, I know there's a lot of matches on the card, but yeah, five, six, you know, well, yeah, six hours. It's it's a lot of time to fill, isn't it? So, um, seeing that Finn Balor entrance at WrestleMania, I think that's that's something quite a lot of us have kind of been looking forward to. But but hopefully it's it's later on in the night when it's nice and dark and we get full effect. Oh yeah, I mean, see, seeing seventy thousand people. Um, you know, reacting to that entrance would be amazing, but um, 
yeah, I, I just don't see them doing it on WrestleMania because um, there's just so much to get through. They've got 12 matches, um, sorry, 13 matches, and um, you know they'll have four matches on the undercard most likely on the pre-show, and then nine matches on you know a four to four and a half hour main card, and you know several of those matches are likely to go 20 minutes plus, you know, maybe even around the half hour mark. So there's a lot to get through. And, um, you know, with Finn Balor, you know, they, they need to make his return special um, because, you know, he was put over a special um, at SummerSlam last year and they're really kind of gearing up to give him a big push, leading right up until WrestleMania. Um, and then, unfortunately, he sustained um, a very unfortunate injury. And um, you know, the opportunity was lost. So um, you know, they need to kind of bring him back in the right way and um, not just as some regular Joe. And uh, that's why I hope it's a special appearance, um, possibly interfering in the match with Samoa Joe. Yeah, I seem to have said this a lot tonight, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's um, It'd be interesting anyway if they do, do bring him out or not. So. I guess as much as anything, I look forward to seeing that entrance again. It'd be great to see him back in the ring anyway. So, I mean, that's it. You know, we've, we've broke down the Mania cards. And like you say, there's a lot of matches there. There's an awful lot on there. Um, some of it better than others. Um, but on the whole, more, do you, uh, what are you expecting? Do you, you think this is going to be a good show or, you know, fairly mediocre? I don't expect this to be one of the great WrestleManias of all time. I think there's just too many key matches that, um, you know, will be good or will be a spectacle, but won't be a great match. And if you think back to some of the all time great WrestleManias, like a WrestleMania 17, for example, you know, we had, um, some classic matches and, uh, you know, there might be, you know, one match potentially that could be a potential classic, you know, in, Owens versus Jericho. Um, but I, I think this will be a pretty up and down card. Not too dissimilar to last year, in fact. And, um, I, I think overall it will still be a very good show. Um, uh, but by WrestleMania standards, especially recent WrestleMania standards, it really won't quite be, you know, one of the all time greats. But, um, you know, it's WrestleMania and it's once a year. We all look forward to it. We all enjoy the week leading up to it, um, especially for, for those of us who um, also catch some of the uh, shows run by other promotions at the WrestleMania weekend. I mean, for those that are not aware, WrestleMania weekend is, is more than just WWE nowadays. You've got loads of independent promotions from all around the US and even from other parts of the world now that um, you know all assemble in whichever location it is that WrestleMania is taking place. And obviously it's in Orlando this year. And, um, you know, there'll be wrestling fans from all over attending, you know, all these many shows that will be starting off as early as I think it's Wednesday next week, um, right through till, um, the Sunday itself when we have WrestleMania taking place as the main event of that, um, you know, festival of wrestling that will take place over those, no, five days. And even after that, obviously, we've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT. So it's, um, you know, wrestling feast, wrestling bonanza. And, um, you know, it's a special time of the year 
and um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm not going to be getting much sleep um, over that weekend, um, so I better stock up on the Red Bull. And I'm sure some of the listeners will do the same. Um, but you know, there, there's plenty to look forward to, and you know, we'll be reminiscing next week um, about some of our great moments of WrestleMania's past. And on top of that, I suppose we can also talk about um, some of the other events taking place at that weekend, um, such as um, uh, NXT TakeOver, which in itself will be a memorable show, as well as um, the Hall of Fame too. So, um, you know, once again, um, you know, going to be a special few days and uh, really looking forward to it. It's not long to go now. Yeah, like you mentioned for next week, you know, a lot of nostalgia in there. I mean, obviously, I, I've been watching, I've been watching wrestling for so long now. I, I do remember some of the, some of the great WrestleManias, and you know, there have been some great ones. There've, there've been some poor ones. There've been some okay ones. They've been a bit of a mixed bag. But yeah, there's been some great moments along the way, and some really enjoyable ones. And like you say, it, it's become more than just the event itself. I love the Hall of Fame. I, I love all that uh, ceremony and the induction speeches and just hearing some of the stories and seeing some of the guys that have long since retired, just seeing them and make, you know, just see that they're okay. And, uh, it just nice. I, I don't know. There's something about that. Just seeing, seeing those guys from yesteryear interacting with some of the stars of today. There's, it's, uh, it gives me a nice feeling. Maybe that's just me showing my age, but I, I do enjoy the hall of fame. Obviously really look forward to the NXT takeover shows and we'll be really intrigued to see uh, quite how this next one transpires because I think NXT kind of really need to uh, hit it out the park this time round because I think NXT is in a bit of a lull. But we'll talk about that next week anyway. Like you said, you know, we'll go over NXT. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame. We'll have some nostalgia in there as well. Yeah, we're going to look back at some of our favorite WrestleMania, some of our some favorite WrestleMania moments, uh, celebrities, matches, what anything. We're going to do all that next week. And look, you, the listener, please do get involved with us. At PW underscore index is our Twitter handle. Get involved with the show. Send us your favorite. What are your favorite WrestleManias? What are your favorite WrestleMania matches? Do you have any particular favorite WrestleMania moments? Send them through to us. We'll give you a shout out through the show. We'll be discussing all that and more next week. So next week's going to be lots of fun getting into the whole spirit of it and the fun of it building up to WrestleMania. Really, really looking forward to, to the whole weekend, the whole show, the whole event. And it's going to be a lot of fun and it's the go-home shows next week and it will be intriguing to see just what they do uh, in them last Raws and WrestleMania, uh, last, last Raws and Smackdowns, I should say, before we hit WrestleMania 33. So, yeah, so much still to come over the next week, but more... Just before we uh, we disappear, disappear off for another week, uh, anything that you do want to plug? Yes, yeah, just a quick plug. Um, so um, as I mentioned recently, um, I've made a return to uh, writing about wrestling, and um, I've got a return piece in Total Wrestling Magazine um, titled "You've Never Had It So Good." Uh, so that's me as a long, long, long term fan of pro wrestling, saying that present era. Uh, for fans of the wrestling business is is the best that it's ever been um, i really do think that and uh, 
maybe if, if you just watch the WWE, you'd certainly argue that, you know, this isn't the best time in the WWE's history. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking about on a worldwide basis in terms of what's going on in promotions around the United States, the UK, Europe, um, Japan, Mexico. Um, this is a golden era. It's just amazing some of the uh, quality of wrestling that's being seen around the world. Um, to a level that has never, in my view, been seen before. So it's a really, really special period. And, you know, this is something that I've written about um, in the latest issue of uh, Total Wrestling Magazine. So, um, you know, if you're not aware of the magazine, just Google search um, Total Wrestling Magazine and um, you'll be able to find all the details through that. So there you there you go, uh, listeners. Total Wrestling Magazine Go on there, check out uh, Moore's article, and uh, there's one from myself as well on the Anfield Index website on Roman Reigns at the moment, uh, entitled Time for Roman to Reign. Nice and cheesy for you. Very good. So, <laughs> yeah, just my take on uh, Roman Reigns and the, the whole opportunity that I think exists for him and for WWE. So uh, you've, you've heard me run through tonight and, and last week as well to give you a bit of a hint uh, as to my thoughts. But uh, yeah, go check that out on the Anfield Index website. But that's it for uh, for tonight. That you know that wraps things up here. We've you know we I know this has been a long show, but obviously it's a big WrestleMania card. So we've broken everything down. We've gone through it all. We've given our thoughts, and and that's it for us tonight. So, uh, you know, that that's it for this this uh, WrestleMania preview edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Um, and like I said, don't forget, you know, you can keep in touch with us here on Twitter via the our PW score underscore index even, if I can even say that, at PW underscore index. There we go. On Twitter, uh, keep in touch with us. And like I said, send us through your favorite WrestleMania moments, matches, uh, your favourite WrestleManias, anything at all Mania li- uh, related, what your favourites, even what are your worst or your your the most hideous ones of all time, whatever you think, don't be afraid, don't be frightened, don't be afraid, send them through to us and uh, we'll discuss all of that and more next week in our big uh, nostalgia and WrestleMania weekend uh, look ahead. So that's going to be great next week. But until then. I want to say thanks to Mochacha uh, for joining me. Thanks to all of you, the listeners, for listening along and hitting that download button. But until next week, from me, Andy Wales, it's bye-bye now. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Hey, 